Welcome to the Womology Podcast. This is a sacred space to honor your cyclical nature, reconnect with your innate body wisdom and sovereignty, and transform your health. I'm Dana Drehos, and thank you so much for being here. Welcome back to the Womology Podcast, and welcome to Danielle, who I'm here with today. She is the host of the Depths of Motherhood podcast and creatrix of the Women's Circle membership, which is weekly live circles on topics like female embodiment, body literacy, and spiritual exploration. And that's actually how we met. She invited me to give a workshop in the membership, and I just found the community to be so warm and welcoming and nurturing and all the topics that you share um, is just so crucial for women to be a part of. And what I really want to talk about today is like, how do you facilitate women's circles and the importance of that? So thank you so much for being here, Danielle. Is there anything else you want to add to just introduce yourself a bit? Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for that warm welcome. And it's so beautiful to be here. And, you know, is is there anything else I want to say? I have no idea right now. (laughs) My life to this point has been filled with so many experiences that have led me to this point. Mm -hmm. But I I loved everything that you said. And we'll see what unfolds from from this episode. Awesome. Yeah, you do have a very varied background. And (laughs) I loved reading about it. Um, so where are you at in your cycle right now and how are you feeling in that phase and how are you supporting yourself in this phase? So I am on the second day into my autumn phase. So I ovulated two or three days ago. I knew about it as well because I was all over my partner. Like you can't imagine my body is so ready to have another baby. My mind, <laughs> not so much. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I love you. Get here. And he's like, are you ovulating? I'm like, yes. <laughs> it's like, so is it safe if we have sex? I'm like, safe for what? Like, absolutely not if we don't want a baby. But you yeah, know how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> so moving into my autumn phase now, a few days later, I'm completely different. Like the clothes I'm wearing is different. My voice is different. What I'm eating, mm-hmm. everything is moving me into hibernation and not so bothered about being all over him anymore. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm getting cozy. I'm feeling the coziness. And also I was just talking to you before we went live about social media. So I'm definitely, every time I come into my autumn phase, there's this part, part of me that wants to be like, see you later, social media, like I'm disconnecting forever. And I actually did just disconnect my Facebook because I feel like it's taken my energy away. Like we only get so much energy. And I think when things are open, just kind of like expecting, you know, like there's a connection in my mind somewhere that I need to do something on there, that I need to interact with it. And that is the thing that's draining my energy. So I was like, you know what, I'm just going to deactivate it for now and just allow myself to be with what I would like to nourish and what is like really calling for me. And, you know, like you're co-creating when you're on platforms like Instagram or you're doing your podcast and you feel it, you're nourished at the same time. Mm -hmm. I just didn't feel that on that platform. So that is where I'm at. (laughs) I love that. And isn't it crazy the the quick turnaround from like how you feel in ovulation and then a few days later, it's like sex? What is sex? I don't know her. And you just like (laughs) 
I, I just like feel nothing in that department. I'm like, nope. <laughs> you can't make it up, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we're on a very similar, like, I think I'm pretty much the same. Like I ovulated a few days ago mm. um, and at the beginning of my luteal phase as well. So <laughs> definitely oh, cool. similar, similar that. vibes. And I've also been um, less disconnected from or more disconnected from social media. That's also because mm. I just started a new full-time job and that's Yay. been a whole thing. Yeah. So just sort of been very busy with that um, and not so able to connect, but it's also it kind of feels good that way anyway. Um, yeah. So let's talk about what brought you to starting this women's circle community. All right. So <laughs> big question. <laughs> it, it is. And it's so funny because I've been holding women's circles for 10 years without realizing. And the first time I was in a women's circle was 10 years ago, let's say. I can't remember the dates exactly. Mm -hmm. But I was in a women's circle held by Uma who wrote the Yoni Shakti book, which is a big, red, powerful book. If you can get your hands on it, it's incredible. Mm -hmm. And I read this book and it was the first time I'd ever touched on anything to do with my body, my cycle, anything spiritual towards being a, a female, like, it was the first time mm. and it blew my mind, but it spoke to me in a language that I understood. Surprisingly, I was very surprised how like hooked I got to it. Mm. And so I went on one of her workshops and it was a week long in London and we just stayed like there was like a hundred women in this Buddhist center and it, there was a centerpiece and everyone spiraled out of it. And there's a picture from the top. Someone, someone was on the balcony taking a photo and it looks so beautiful. I'll have to send it you. And basically we all just had our mat and our blankets and our bolsters and we just stayed cozy whilst Uma was like sharing all this wisdom and practices for our body. And it was interesting because some women actually walked out because they was expecting to be taught a course. And that was the first time in my life that I'd experienced this um, learning from within without a structure. Cause I was in the military before I was a nurse. I was, you know, being in uni, everything has its structure, military, everything has its structure. So I also had to get comfortable with being uncomfortable in this new way of learning. And I just like cried every day. I cried. And I also came on my period, which was not due. And so it blew my mind. My body was telling me something. It was remembering something. And from that, I kind of just started sucking in all this wisdom from all the areas that I could and also practicing myself, integrating it. And so then it was even that year or the following year, I went to India to do my yoga teacher training. And it was the first one I did there. And somebody found out that I was doing women, like I, I'd be on this women's circle program. And they said, you should do it here. You know, this course is so masculine. And that surprised me because for me, the yoga teacher training was not at all masculine. It was very relaxed compared to what I was used to. Now I see it differently. And so we held this women's circle, like 80 women in a circle and all ages. The eldest woman there was like 80 going on 90. And we all, all we did was we just shared something that came up. We, we did a meditation, we tuned into our womb and we just shared and I realized how much power there was in listening to another woman's story 
without trying to embody it or fix it, just to listen. And actually, because there were so many women, there wasn't no pressure in saying something. We could all just watch and be there and hold space. And so that then was a reminder to me of how powerful and nourishing women's circles are. I didn't know anything about them. I didn't know history about them or anything. So then I started just holding women's circles in person. And I had a yoga retreat in France. So I bought some land and I created this space where women, well, not just women, anyone would come and visit. And every week we'd hold a women's circle. And this was in the community or people that were coming on retreat. And I basically learned through holding these circles. I never did any more courses. I never did any more studying. I just learned from being in that space. So they taught me, the circle taught me, the women taught me, my own body taught me. And then I got pregnant. I left my retreat center, started traveling around, and I still continued to hold live uh, circles, but with a small group, just with friends, like four or five women. And we still do that now. So we've been going for two years. Every two weeks, we um, we meet up online for the full moon and the new moon. And then one of my friends is like, you should totally like do this for, for more women, open up the space, make it bigger. So I sat with that and I was like, what? What would I want to um, experience within these circles? And I realized, I I really felt like the need for body literacy was coming through, the need for um, radical rest, these practices, the need for women just to have a space to communicate and share. And so that's why also we have guests on like you, when you came on, that was so wonderful because I also get to melt into that and it's not just about me because that's one thing that I'm trying to move away from is it's just about me. I would, I love to show up in that space and other people hold it. And so many times we've been doing say a workshop on, I don't know, the pelvis and other women have just held it and ran with it because they have an experience that wants to come through and I can just sit back and, and listen and embrace that. So yeah, that's where I'm getting to this point today of being online is that I just didn't have the community around me. So I, my, I was craving it, you know, mm. I needed it. And here we are today. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. And I'm so glad that you went on that journey so that, you know, I could experience what you have to offer and, and everyone else. It's so important. Um, I was wondering, like, what do you think drew you to that original book and that original person, I forget the name, um, in the first place, because you were coming from this very like masculine structure, like military vibe. Um, how did that even come across to you? And and what was that spark in you that was like, oh, I, I'm interested. I want to know more. That is a great question. I'm closing my eyes and trying to go back to how mm -hmm. I got my hands on that book. Mm. And it's wild. I don't remember. Mm. But it was a time when my marriage collapsed. It was a time when I came off birth control. So what happened was mm. I came off I came off hormonal contraception. And why did I do that? <laughs> I was completely depressed. Like mm. I had when I say the word depression, okay, the, the word I put to it is depression, but really I felt this heaviness inside and I felt like I didn't want to be here anymore. I didn't want to be on earth anymore with my mind, with my mm -hmm. body. Everything was so confusing. Mm -hmm. 
And I was like, there must be more. I'd been on hormonal contraception since I was probably like 15, as soon as I started my period, because it was a fancy mm-hmm. thing to do. It made me yeah. a woman in my eyes. And yeah. so I continued to take it. And yeah, when I, I got to the point, I think I was like t- early 20s, I came off. I was like, I don't need this. And I don't remember why. I don't remember why I did that. Yeah. But I came off and my life changed. Like uh, six months later, my marriage fell apart. And I think there's a lot to do with actually being able to see clearly, yeah. not just through your eyes, but through your senses of um, who you're attracted to and what kind of compliments you. Because hormonal contraception, as your listeners will know, kind of puts the wool over your eyes with yeah. all your senses. There's little science behind, yeah, so many women coming like unattracted to the partners that they they were with when they were on birth control and then when they got off they were like whoa yeah That's, it's wild mm-hmm. it's like you smell their pheromones and you're like hmm this is not what my body wants yeah so then after that I I kind of just like sucked in everything I started going to meditation centers yoga all this stuff and I came across this book it just came to me somehow mm-hmm. and I don't remember that's interesting maybe it'll come to me yeah <laughs> No, I'm so glad you said that because it never fails to amaze me. Like time after time on this podcast, most people's story is that they had this spiritual awakening when they decided to come off of hormonal birth control. And there's just so much behind that. So I love hearing those stories because it's the same for me too. I think it's so important what you mentioned about just receiving the medicine of hearing someone else's story in a circle like that because it's like you don't sometimes when I've sat in circles it's like I didn't even know that I had that problem or like that I you know had a similar experience and it just like brings it up for me like oh maybe that's that's what this is that's Um, a really good point actually because when we listen to another person's story we don't when you're sat in circle and there's an option to reflect on something or there's a meditation that brings you into your body, we still have subconscious uh, walls that are protecting us in some way. So as deep as you get, sometimes you just can't get through that wall because your body, your mind is protecting that space. When you listen to another person's story in that space, what feels safe for you, then there's like this release and this opening like, you hit the nail on the head with what you're saying and you put words to a feeling that I I could never put words to before. And then with words, it's like you're bringing it out to sit with you. And that is like the magic of it is when you can sit with everything that is inside of you and let it be there, let it be in the circle without pushing it away, without feeling afraid of it. And even if you do have fear around it, but the strength and the courage from letting it sit there is just, wow, it's so profound. And even if you don't share in circle what came through for whatever reason with your words, I really do feel that there is this connection energetically that everyone knows everything anyway. So you don't even have to speak, but just to be witnessed as that thing is sitting with you or with whatever is arising is enough. Totally, totally. And even just, even if you just sat in the circle and you never said anything, just your presence there and allowing someone else to speak their truth and to be witnessed Mm -hmm. is so healing 
for that person and for right. you. So it's it's this beautiful like energetic exchange going on that you wouldn't necessarily get to if you were just sitting by yourself like journaling and and trying to get to it. Right. Exactly. Um, and yeah. There's so many types of winner in circles as well, you know, like Yeah. But there is this there's the common theme running throughout is that women are gathering to connect more deeply to themselves. Like there's that spiritual aspect and that can look so many ways. So whoever's hosting or facilitating the circle is um, so unique the way that they will manifest it into the world. And that's why I would say to anyone that's listening, if you've been to a women's circle before and it just didn't fit with you, don't write off women's circles because there's so many different types, like in the community that we had in Costa Rica, it was more like we would come and people would be, the women would be holding the space every week. So it's more like a collaboration, you know, like there's that community vibe where each person holds the space every, every week. Mm-hmm. And that is so, that like, that's a completely different experience. And they're all, even if you don't connect with what happened, there is in that circle, there is still a message for you or there's still a point for you to, you you were meant to be there, whether it resonated or not, it will tell you something about yourself. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So can you tell us more maybe about the different kinds of structures? Because I feel like there is a bit of that masculine structure or there can be, or sometimes there's not. So what are some of the effective structures that you've seen in all the different kinds of women's circles you've been in? I think, firstly, the intention behind what is happening. Mm-hmm. So like I said, it could it could unfold many ways, but firstly, tuning in to what is the intention of this circle. If it comes down to um, making money, for instance, or fame or to feed ego, then there's something to be looked at there. Mm-hmm. So really getting into a place. So if you want to hold a women's circle, for instance, going into a meditative state first, however that looks for you, it might be dancing, it might be literally just sat there um, observing your breath, but coming to that point where you are in line with your heart, where you're in line with your truth and asking the question, what wants to come through me right now? So each of these circles, it's not actually the facilitator's um, baby or creation in themselves. It's it's literally coming through from the universe. And as I say this, there's a part of me that cringes, but I know that we use language and to communicate. So please, just whatever words you use, replace them. But really, it is that, for me anyway, the knowing that this is coming through me. So as long as I stay open and as long as I stay connected to my heart space, and as long as I notice my thoughts or maybe my discomfort in my body and let them sit with me, then it will all come through as it should. That being said, obviously there is some form of preparation, you know, to do that. So the space that you're holding, working with that space, asking it, can I have permission to be here? Is it okay if we come in and hold this space? And really allowing your energy and your intention to flood into every single thing that you're doing or touching. It might be that you make tea or you make cacao 
And that again is so amazing. Oh my gosh. One of the things that we love to do in Costa Rica was we all gathered around making the cacao and would put something in the cacao. So mm. maybe it was cinnamon or pepper and each woman would put something in and they would stir in their intention and they would speak it out loud. And then we would take the cacao and we would all drink it. And that was just, you know, something of women coming together, using their hands, you know, creating and then sat around to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And then Usually there's some kind of theme, maybe. Maybe it's just coming together and saying, how's your, your week been? Once you go around the circle, you've gone maybe an hour or two hours and then maybe more, you know, however long yeah. you have. But also knowing how much time you have as well. That's I think that's where the, if you say masculine side, you know, like the yang side of this whole thing is that it's being held. The circle is being held by that because we all have different responsibilities outside of the circle. And there's a safety that comes with knowing that you have a certain time and that you can relax into that, I feel. And so within it, letting your creation come through, letting the universe flood through you to what anyone needs. And what I found sometimes is I have an idea of what I want to bring, what I would like to see manifest, and it completely changes by what the first person will say. And then suddenly we're doing something else. So even as I'm saying this now, I realize I'm not given a definite answer to like how to hold them, but that is it. That is then yeah. when like this feminine energy floods through because it is this co-creation with the women and the universe. And, mm-hmm. you know, women used to gather in circle to bleed together, mm. usually with the dark moon. When we were in tune with the dark moon, women were gathered to bleed together I know there's not much science in this so like ask me to pull out an article I just can't but I do feel when I've connected to this um theory I'll say that something rings true because I know even from online the when in my smaller group where we gather every two weeks and we've been doing this two years we're all bleeding at the same time and Mm -hmm. this is just from meeting every two weeks and so if you think about women gathering in circle to bleed together that would be such a sacred time to be protected because we'd just be you, just women come in to release. And when we're on our, when we're bleeding, it's like we're opening up to, to release and to new possibilities. And whatever wants to come up at that time to be seen and loved is there. Like your cervix is opening. So anything that you are wanting to face at that time, you have that space to do that. So there's something in sitting in circle with the centerpiece being on no one, but whatever you put in the middle, candles, crystals, whatever you choose, that for people to be anchored in. Mm, Yeah, I feel like I've, in in all the women's circles I've been in as well, I definitely noticed that pattern of there's some kind of opening, like an intro where we we level set on like what is the intention of this and then some kind of like and not always either right like it, there's so many different kinds but um the the one you mentioned about the cacao reminded me of a cacao ceremony that i had been to where there was a a centerpiece of flowers or like we each were given a flower and then we had to go up to the middle and like put the flower down with an intention. I don't think we had to say it out loud. I can't remember, but either way. Yeah. There's something about like, we're creating something together or like putting our intentions in one place. Or I've even been in, in a circle where 
we're all just visualizing, especially if, if it's an online circle and we're not in person, like putting down a flower or whatever, there's this visualization of like, imagine like you have an object and you're, you're putting something on the altar and everyone's like going up and putting something on the altar, um, whatever that is for you. So yeah. I love I, that. That's so yeah. nice. Yeah. Because that visual connects each woman. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so much, there's so much in that that we don't understand with just the limitations of our brain right now. But when you tap into that and you experience it, there's a knowing that happens. And I'm glad you mentioned that because obviously the open and the closing part of the ceremony is so important. Mm-hmm. Like usually in the opening, I will guide um the women into their body, into their heart, into their womb, and see a thread connecting one womb to the next womb to create this circle. Mm-hmm. And that is, wow, when you feel that, because you feel the energy coming from your womb and dropping mm-hmm. deep into the womb of the next woman and the next, and that is creating that circle, the energetic mm-hmm. circle. And then to open it, just coming back and giving thanks to everyone that was there for showing up. Because every single person in that circle contributed to the unfolding of it, to the creation of it. Yeah. And every single person was meant to be there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And that connects too to what I've seen in online circles where the host will say, look at everyone in these in these squares on the screen that you see here. Just like look at everyone and send an intention to them or send like a positive wish that you want for them or something like that. So yeah, I think all of it just allows us to drop into the present moment of like, okay, we're here, we're here together for this specific purpose. And like, then closing out with gratitude of like, thank you to me for bringing myself here. Thank you to everyone else for being here and and just creating this, this portal. You know, I, I would say as well, when for anyone who's listening, if this is calling to you, like if you feel that tingling in your womb, you can create your own circle. Even if there's just two other women sat with you, that it, I think if every woman did that with their closest like sisters, wow, the world would just transform. Oh my because gosh, yeah. there's something as well being in a circle with people that you can fully let your guard down with. So in the circles that I hold, we can have different women coming in that we might not know. So there's a difference, definitely a different energy when you recognize faces, when people know your journey so far, because there's there's something about being in circle. It's almost like its own rite of passage in a way, because you go in there, the person that you know, you go on this journey and you come out, someone that you might not recognize. And actually being in circle, your sisters will witness you. And it's, it's so beautiful because it reminds me of giving birth. You know, it reminds me of this rite of passage into motherhood where you're on the other side not knowing who you are really but the people around you recognize you they know you and they help you to transition because some big shifts can happen in these circles just by sharing and being there and witnessing and not having this feeling that someone is trying to fix you because there is something wrong Mm. you know and I I've learned so much about myself where you hear another woman's story and you take it on as your own. Like I take it on as my own. And I think, oh, well, I would do this or I would change this in you. But no, that is something to sit with because this is not about me. This is not, I have all my past experiences that are not like this other woman's. 
and I have all my own ideas and beliefs. So how can I just be there and hold space? Because I trust that she will go on her own journey and the answers will come to her at the right time. And one thing that I really love to do when I hear these thoughts, especially I notice them. They're like my reminder, like my alarm clock to be like, you've left a situation. And I go into my heart and I envision a channel of light between my heart and the woman's heart. And then that is that is a link for me. And it's so, try it, it's so powerful because you're just like, yeah, I get my thoughts and it's okay for them to be there. Like it's how the mind works. Then go back into the heart and rekindle that connection. <laughs> mm, I love that. Yeah, that's something else I've noticed. Um as like a common pattern in women's circles is at the beginning, they'll, they'll kind of level set some group agreements, group rules kind of thing. Like when someone's sharing, just listen. And rather than jumping in with your own experience that might, you know, mirror their experience or trying to give advice, just holding space and listening. So yeah. Do you have any tips about how we can get better with that because I know it's it's my tendency as well too to just want to jump in and be like oh that same thing happened to me and I did this and da 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 like because it feels like it's helping and and sometimes it does like it it seems to help for someone else to know I mean it helps me to know that I'm not alone but I think the even more thing that we're craving is to be asked more questions about our experience so that we can get to the solution ourselves. Yeah. It's a, it's a great question. Mm-hmm. And it's one that I'm constantly working through because my my mind has been colonized to a way of living and connecting with other humans in the way that, yeah, I, how do what did I learn growing up from my role models, like my mother or the women I was around? This is a really good question. What did you see growing up? And for myself, there was a lot of trying to fix people. There was somebody, maybe a woman who was, um, there was definitely a hierarchy. There was one woman that people would go to for advice and support and they would respect that. So it was a very big role, whether they were, um, what they were saying was, you know, going to nourish this person or not. They were still held in this position. And then also on the other side, there was this lack of safety and people talking about, sharing a conversation that they've had with another woman behind their back, you know, gossiping. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, what did you see growing up? And then what did you see going through university or schooling? And then what did you see in your work life? All these things have a a massive um, influence on how you connect to other people. Because what is communication? Like when we're talking, we're communicating an idea or we are creating safety for ourselves to see that we are understood and that we are accepted within this community, whether it's work or school or family. And we want to communicate in a way that we're accepted. So actually by doing this work, you're stepping out of the mold of what's being put on you and you're creating this new life. And it it is, it's hard sometimes, especially when you have an idea of your role. And again, this is just an idea. So being actually being in circle is a massive opportunity to melt away these ideas and these beliefs and these patterns, because if you're sat there and you know you do not have to give any feedback, you know you don't have to give an answer or share your story, it's a moment to relax and to melt into the present moment. And over time, the mind will know that. 
So the more circles you go to, the more your mind will trust that it can come back and play afterwards. But for now, even if something comes up, it's just going to sit with us. And that is the beauty of being in circle is you get to practice these communication techniques where you can be present and listen to that mm-hmm. other person and you can just witness them. And you can also notice your triggers because sometimes, for instance, we might be sharing something and maybe what the person is sharing is not aligned with what you believe in or it's something that's like, hmm, you know, it might trigger a memory or something. Mm-hmm. And first of all, because we're so embodied in them times, you can feel something arise in your body. So you might start like shuffling around. You might start feeling your neck or your chest or clothes off or start planning dinner or something like that. And these things are like alarms to say you've left this connection mm-hmm. and now you're consumed with this thing that's waking up inside of you, this trigger. And this is like the practice of not pushing away and suppressing, Mm -hmm. but allowing it to be there and to trust that you will come back to it because it's a message from your body of something that you can go deeper with. And that is over time, you know, at first you might not be able to. And the last thing I would say is like suppress, don't ignore it because it will still be there. But the practice of connecting through the heart space with that other woman and um, yeah, it is a it is a very deep practice, but it will improve your communication skills, and it will also um, help you to speak your truth. Because when you sit in circle and you share, you might say something like words might come out, and as you're hearing them, they don't actually they're not your truth. Mm-hmm. But maybe because you're uncomfortable, because you're in circle and everyone's looking at you, and like you're like oh. I'm going to say something that people want to hear. But as you're talking, it's like you're you're tight or your voice starts to go or you get drained, your energy gets drained. Mm -hmm. They are good insights that what you're speaking is not your truth. And so it might be that you say, you know what, cancel that. Um, What I'm saying is not in line with me. And I'm just going to breathe if you can just witness me. And just through that, then moments, whoever's holding space just says, let's witness, like for a few moments, a few minutes, and maybe it will come through and you can journal it, or maybe there'll just be a release, you know, and it, it might not happen in that moment, in that time frame of the circle. It might happen later on down the line, like a week or in a dream, or as you're walking through the forest, like things just start to click into place. And it's simply because you've witnessed them. Like that is it. Mm-hmm. Witnessing everything is so much more powerful than trying to fix anything. Mm, I love that. I was wondering too, how can we create a safe space that makes people actually feel safe to to share or not share if they don't want to? Because sometimes, I mean, there's so many different ways you can do it, right? Like you can leave it open to whoever wants to speak, just speak up or like calling on people specifically like, you know, Dana, do you have anything to say or anything to add or whatever and it's hard because there's there's so many different people and different people have different preferences I think I get nervous if if it's just on me to like speak up in the group I'll usually be one the one to go last after everyone else has talked or maybe depending on where I'm at in my cycle too um sometimes I I am not afraid to go first 
sometimes I don't like to be called on. Sometimes it helps me if someone, because I'm like, oh, I, I do have something to say, but I'm just like nervous to say it. And I just need to be invited to speak right now. Yeah. So I guess that's hard too, but <laughs> do you have any it's, thoughts? It's on really, that? Yeah. Like it, this, these questions are incredible, seriously, because they make us question everything that we've been taught when it comes to, um, being in relation with other humans. And I just wanted to mention something that might help women if they're wanting to hold circle or even just being with their sisters, you know. Mm -hmm. um, there is this expectation in society that you have to give this answer. Mm -hmm. So what I realized in the first circles that I was holding is everyone would look to me. As soon as someone spoke, then people would look to me. It's like I was doing an interview with them or something. Mm -hmm. And so I had this pressure of like, oh, people are expecting me to say, oh, um, you know, yeah like give an answer to their challenge or something like that or give feedback yeah. in some way mm -hmm. so for me the biggest um the biggest challenge and exploration of myself I had was being able to say thank you so much for sharing and truly connecting to that other person's soul on a deep level and saying thank you and then moving on to the next person because yeah. there's a part of me that's like, I want to give more. I want to let you know that like, I love you so much. And yeah. what you're saying is incredible. And you are heard because sometimes it might feel like, oh, I've just shared my whole life with you. And now you're just moving on to the next person, you know, right. this is something to step into as well. Because um, when everyone knows the intention of the circle, then it's easier. Because what happened in the first few circles, I, I noticed very early on, that was very uncomfortable for other people too. And when it got to them, they would say, say they were the next person and be like, I just want to say that, I don't know, say Susan, the thing that you shared, I really connect with, and this happened to me. And I just want you to know, and of course, this is beautiful and there's space for that. Mm -hmm. But if you do that, then there's an expectation to to do that to everyone. Because otherwise yeah. that means that other person doesn't get feedback. Their story isn't worthy, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And then we expected to do that because then we come into this mind of fixing again. Yeah. And so this safe space that you you spoke of, I am trying to reword this differently now. I know for sure I'm going to have this in some text that I've wrote and written in places, like creating the safe space. Mm -hmm. So there is primarily like the intention of myself. I can I'm the only I can only set an intention to create a safe space. That's all I can do. I can't guarantee that it's going to be a safe space because mm -hmm. the people coming into that also have to step in. Yeah. And so all I can do is the intention of holding a safe space and really being true to that on all levels. And then for everyone else showing up, there's a question, does this feel safe for you? Does this safe feel space? Does this safe feel space? Safe <laughs> <laughs> feel safe. And if it doesn't, why not? Like, why does this not feel safe? And it's interesting because there might be so many reasons. Maybe the doors are open in the place. Maybe the curtains aren't closed. Maybe they're in a circle with someone that they've had, like, I don't know, they've had a, a heated discussion with recently. There's so many reasons why a, a safe a space might not feel safe, you know? Mm -hmm. So that for me would be one. The second thing is like, in the person, does this feel safe? And what can they do about it? You know, can they communicate with you? How safe do they feel to communicate with you their own needs? And then you can make changes in their moments. It might be something else. It might literally just be that whatever part they're at on the cycle or whatever's happening in their life right now, physically, emotionally, mentally, it just doesn't allow them to drop their guard because feeling safe is, you know, it has to be 
all aspects of yourself feel available to melt into that. And if you have something going on where you just can't be there in that way, for whatever reason, you're protecting yourself, then that's also necessary for whatever reason at that time. It's not safe for you to fully let your guard down. And just knowing that is enough. Because for instance, for me, during, um, if I come to circle during my bleed, I don't feel, most of the time, I don't feel like I want to talk. But that doesn't mean that I'm not feeling safe or that I don't want to share. I just don't want to use my words because that's only one aspect of communication. So that is why I really do feel it's important. If someone doesn't want to talk, don't just move on. Witness them for Mm -hmm. a few moments and be with that. Maybe they have a part of their body and they say, you know, I'm feeling it in my chest. So let's everyone focus on that heart space for that that person. Mm -hmm. And and yeah, that's, that's what I really think helps to bring this feeling of safety within community. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's definitely just as much on the people in the circle as it is on the facilitator. Like it's not the facilitator's full responsibility to make the space feel safe. Wow. It's so hard to say. <laughs> I, I never had that issue before. I don't know. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's your individual responsibility too, to know what what might be triggering you and to pull yourself out of it if it's if it's not feeling safe or yeah if if you're not feeling like using your voice to speak maybe just putting something in the chat if it's online and that feels good to you i'm thinking of times where like it's a really small online circle maybe like five people and and everyone has already gone and you're the last person and you don't feel like talking and it's like oh man like everyone said something but that's you know on you to decide to say like you know thank you so much for everyone sharing i don't really feel like it today or whatever it is rather than forcing yourself oh just because everyone else said something now i feel like i have to say something if you don't want to then you don't have to so yeah that's on you too you know i was just thinking how when you hold a circle there's there's so many tools to use right so there's no one set way to get stuck in there's easy to get stuck in a routine with doing things any things but say one week you decide just put some music on and you see how that feels in the body just getting to know the different layers of yourself and what comes up with certain sounds as well or certain movements certain discussions it's like having that space to explore you know not really knowing what's going to happen just getting to know yourself better and not being stuck on one thing because I know through we do dance circles we have one on this weekend actually and we're going to put on different music and go through the chakras and see what comes up and sometimes like when I've done these circles before conscious movement I've got messages like oh my gosh that song was so triggering for me and Mm -hmm. at first I'd be like oh I should put music on that everyone likes but guess what? It doesn't work like that. You know, everyone's going to like every song and might not even like that song today, but tomorrow they might love it. So Mm -hmm. it is, you mentioned something before, you know, it's everyone's creation and it's everyone's responsibility as well to be responsible for their own emotions, to be responsible for everything that shows up and not just, I mean, come on in the society, it's like passing the blame on all the time and really, you know, taking on the victim role all the time instead of being Mm -hmm. like, what what can I be with right now and how can I 
how can I speak my truth or honor my truth? You know, how can, how will that look for me today? Cause it will look so different every single day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Especially if you're, say, if you're ovulating, you pick up on people's expressions, micro expressions so much more than when you on your period. So somebody might be on the screen, let's say we're doing an online cycle and they might do an eyebrow movement like I just did. And to you, that might be like, oh, she's thinking something about what I'm saying. And then suddenly you're going on this vortex <laughs> in your mind or like that yeah. person's not looking at me. They're looking out the window when maybe they're just completely with you. But for them, they need to let their eyes go so that they can fully embrace like to be with everything that is there. So it's interesting noticing where you're at on your cycle before you step into circle, because you'll learn so much about how you interact with your wor- world mm. at each phase. Ooh, that's so good to know. Yeah. And it, it also makes me think about, I feel like we've been kind of conditioned to see silence as a bad thing. And so when you when you speak and you say something and no one else says anything, it's like, oh, are they judging me? Like, did it not make sense what I said? Was it stupid what I said? And and you feel you feel that silence with all these thoughts that like may or may not be true. And most of the time, the silence is like people reflecting on what you just said and and like realizing their own truths from what you just said, and they're just having a moment of processing. So that is such a good one. Honestly, that's gold. Like, how Mm -hmm. can we be in the silence? Mm -hmm. Because we take everything on so much. Like, it's just our experience. Yeah. It's just our experience. So hello, like this soul inside of there reflecting and going through things because they have just shared, you know, and and, another good one I'll just say is like, I notice because I record um, the circles, I look at my own face and something I'm working on right now is... um, unnoticing is I have this tension in my jaw which is originating from a small smile and so I can leave the circles with a with tightness in my jaw because I'm there's this expectation that I have on a subconscious level to give certain facial expressions so Mm -hmm. people feel comfortable and like a little smile, like you can't even say I'm smiling, but inside it's happening. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's happening there. Or like, you know, nodding. Or, and, yeah. and I know we do it. We do it all the time. I know. And just knowing when you're doing it without realizing or when you're doing because you think that person needs feedback. Yes. And so it's very interesting because we become, because there's that aspect, but also just letting yourself be, you know, and being on screen is interesting because you can see yourself when you're in circle in person. You don't see yourself. The centerpiece is the centerpiece mm-hmm. and that is holding the circle. So for the first time in like since the beginning of time, we've been able to witness ourselves whilst being in circle. So I do think that it is going to support the evolution of women by able to see themselves alongside if yeah. we show up um, very aware and conscious, but also being able to melt into it. So there is that like, um, there's both sides of this. And that's why I think the more you show up to circle, the more you learn about yourself and of the women there. Oh my gosh. That's so specific to women too, that nonverbal feedback of like the smiling and the nodding. Like men don't do that. I've noticed in watching other like podcast interviews between two men, they their head stays still, their face doesn't change, and they don't really say anything to like add to what the other person just said. Like the person will speak and then they'll 
the interviewer will just jump in with the next question rather than being like, yeah, thank you so much for saying that. Yeah, I really hear you, <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. Like, I'm. it's so ingrained. It's so ingrained. And I, mm-hmm. I think there's an aspect of when you communicate and you really get it, you're like, I want to say something, you know, like, I really want you yeah, to know that I want to show you. that you're hearing it and, and it's resonating. You're like, yes, because when you're on the other side of it, you know, it feels good when yes. other people are nodding and showing that they're, uh, if you've ever like been in class and you had to give a speech or whatever, like a presentation in front of class and the whole class is just staring at you blank like that. Like, hello, feel, did you just like, hear me? Oh, like, <laughs> but when, when that one person and like your friend who's like in the front row and they're just smiling and nodding, you're like, oh, like. But you feel that, right? You feel when the intention is in line with the, the communication that they're doing. Say the communication is not in. Mm-hmm. There's a feeling like when you really tune into yourself, you know, when someone's nodding or like whatever they're doing with their face, you know, when it's from. Um, the truest intention, like they're with you compared to being, they're doing it because there's an expectation. And that also comes from the very like subtle uh, interactions that you're having with the other person and feeling how that is in your body because your body will tell you automatically. And that's why sometimes you might be talking to someone and they're giving you like the most insane feedback, like not smiles. Yeah, whatever. But you're like, hmm, something doesn't feel right. And I feel yeah. blocked. Like just see what your throat chakra is, is doing. You know, if you feel your throat, if you feel your chest closing, there's a good sign to what's happening in the other person. Mm-hmm. It feels like a lot, right? As we're talking, it's like so much to think about, but actually yeah. just showing up, you will get these downloads and insights anyway they will just happen without even any expectation or you know going in there trying to do something it will just happen it this is the beauty of it just happens and I'm here now after 10 years still learning every single circle like still learning so much about myself and that is the beauty in it showing up to learn more about you and what is living in your subconscious, what is living in your ideas and beliefs and together being able to hold space for that and not, mm, so say for instance, if um, I'm in one of my circles and I'll just say, you know, what I said last week is really not aligned with me or what I did, something, I, I say something. And I know I am loved so much that no one even cares. Like they're like, great, you know, like I love you anyway. And it's okay. You've changed and or you've transformed. But there's so much in society we're saying the same. Like with my family or old friends, it's so uncomfortable for them to see me share the stuff I'm sharing because it's so different from what they know me as. And they have me in their mind as this person I used to be. And so there's no space for growth because what happens if they really accept who I am truly, they all, their life also has to change. Because that person who was solid in their eyes in whatever way, whatever role I was, is not there. So their reality changes as well. But going to circle is like, you're not afraid to transform or evolve. Everyone's moving together. And there's no fear that one person's locked into this one way of being. Mm, Yes. Yeah. Let's jump more into um, your membership specifically and like what kinds of, what kinds of circles or workshops do you hold in that space? All right. 
Well, thank you for asking. <laughs> so on the online membership, we're gathering once or twice a week. And when I'm planning out the month of what I want to share, I'm usually looking at including one workshop to do with body literacy, which is basically learning, remembering the language of your body, really finding out what is going on inside, because there's so much that we haven't been told as women, what is happening. And I know your listeners are so into this because they're listening to you. So they get what I'm talking about. And I just love the word body literacy. It sounds so nice. Yes. Um, <laughs> also, there'll be a practice in there for rewilding, which is a discussion to ruffle like your feathers, you know, to see where you've been held in a certain way of thinking and listening to other people's ideas and being open to a new perspective. And really, this is coming down to conditioned beliefs again, what society has put on us. Maybe it's your religion, maybe it's your family, whatever. But just seeing what is really true for you. And then another aspect will be an embodiment practice. So really just being able to go within and see what arises. Again, it's learning the language of your body, but seeing what feels good for you in each moment. And then, you know, like we'll explore um, what are the things I've been doing this month? Oh, there's so much, but deep Deep rest and radical rest is something that's really important to me because it's where it's my challenge in life because I've been brought up in such a way that's so structured. So having a moment in time that I can just be there and do this deep rest and make time for it. You know, this is one of the things. The stuff we're talking about is not new or the practices we're doing are not new, but when do we make time for ourselves to do that? Because life can get so busy. And really just, you know, like this month's been incredible. We've done, we've connected to the cervix. We're going to be exploring um, different orgasms we can have and experience. And they all link into each other. So starting from, you know, pelvic mapping, what is happening in the pelvis? So it builds on each week and all these things are recorded. So if you're just dropping in now, you can go back to watch the recordings and really build into it to see where we're at in this moment but still it will make sense. It's your body, it's your experience. And with whatever we're going through in one of the circles, I always link it to a meditation. So the last one we did was the cervix. We learned the anatomy, we learned the roles, we learned what affects her. And then we did a meditation. And that's like the integration part of, okay, I'm listening to the information. How does that feel in my body? What does that mean for me? Where is my relation at with cervix right now? Yeah, I love that. I love that there's the education, the embodiment, the integration all together. And I especially love that you bring in so many different guests and it truly feels like this community where what you have to say is just as important as what I have to say. And, you know, you like we are both the student and the teacher all together. And yeah, it's just amazing. So how can people find you, find the membership, get in on it? So I'm mainly on Instagram right now. I do have a website, so you can find all the links through my Instagram, which is, oh my gosh, I wish I picked a different name because it's Women's <laughs> Circle Online, but it's underscore between each. So somebody already had Women's Circle Online, mm. but mine has an uh, underscore at the end too. <laughs> But I'm sure you will put the links in the, in the notes yeah. anyway. And yeah. there you can find everything. I'm I'm pretty active on there. And it's easier to connect with me through uh, Instagram because I'm always there. Because I have a bunch of emails where I'm I'm working on the Depths of Motherhood podcast. So I have that email. Mm-hmm. I also have uh, the Women's Circle email. So you can find there. And also we've just started 
I mean, I call it a podcast, but really it's just a sharing circle dedicated to women's circle <laughs> where we are, where I, I welcome one woman on each week to share their story and their breakthrough. And actually, I would love you to come on too. It's just oh, half an hour and get together. So when you have yeah. time in between, I would love for you to come on and share your story as well. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And I'm so glad that we found the time for you to hop on and, and share your mm-hmm. story and, and all of this just valuable conversation that we had. I, I, I love that it was very, like I, I had prepared questions for this, but I didn't even look at them because as we were talking, it just, it just brought up questions. So yeah, this felt really nourishing for me and I already can't wait to listen back to it as I'm editing and get this out for people to hear. Um, is there anything else we didn't discuss that you wanted to add or share? I think that's the beauty of it. Everything you've just said that you can prepare as much as you want, but what wants to come through, wants to come through. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you so much, Dana. Honestly, it's been beautiful. I feel like we've just got our own little private women's circle right here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. If you desire to continue this journey and learn more about your body, I invite you to follow our Instagram page at womb.ology. Please help get this information to more people who menstruate by sharing this podcast on your social media and tagging us. I greatly appreciate you. Have a peaceful week.